Hello, I'm John Pollitz, Dean of Library Affairs at Southern Illinois University Carbondale, and your host for Saluki Stories. Today we are talking with Cheryl Russell, a 1987 graduate with a BA in History Education from SIUC. Cheryl taught history for a couple years, worked for the city of Chicago, then found her calling as a development officer for numerous nonprofit organizations, the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, and most recently at St. Anthony Hospital in Chicago. But let's let Cheryl tell her story and dive right in. I graduated from SIU in 1987. A history degree, College of Education. Let's start out. Uh, can you name a single person uh, and from SIU that had the greatest impact on your time here? Definitely. That's an easy one. So uh, Mike Haynes, who ah. I'm sure you know has recently passed, who was the director of bands here for a number of years. He's... Um, probably one of the key reasons that I came here, in addition to the fact that I had a number of family members, my mom included, who attended college here. Um, but Mike was a very inspirational figure for me. In the band? So you, so you were in the band as well? Oh, yeah. There were probably some semesters where I had more music classes than history classes, but that's a different podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's a new in, in, in part of you. And you grew up in, in Carbondale, right? No, I grew up in a small town that's about an hour south of here, so Tams, Illinois. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was born in Los Angeles, but don't, don't remember it. So uh, both my brother and I moved here when... Uh, we were very young, so Tams is what I know. So yeah. you're a Southern Illinois. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Good. All right. Um, well, what was, can you explain a little more about, what was his impact in a, you know, a little depth? Or? Sure. So my experience of Mike, as well as I think the experience of many others that were in uh, all of the uh, musical ensembles that I had the opportunity to participate in. Mike was truly an educator. You, you could tell that he loved the subject matter that he taught and that he loved to teach. You could tell that he was excited to bring people into his space, into his world, to have that same um, experience that he was having and, and feeling um, playing good music together with other people. And I actually met Mike when I was in high school. I want to say I was part of um, an honor band that was playing at Shawnee Community College, another uh, wonderful academic institution down here in Southern Illinois. And Mike was uh, conducting the band that year. And I play, was playing bassoon, not a lot of those out in the world, <laughs> bassoon players. And so right. he uh, was kind enough to give me a little extra attention just because I played such a rare double reed type instrument. And um, was like, you should come to SIU and see what we have going on. And he was just very engaging in, in that way. So that was actually my first experience uh, with him. Okay. And my mom and um, her brother and other family members that went to school here always, 
My sense was that during the time that they went here, even though there were interesting times in terms of what was going on in society, had positive experiences here. So, And I'd been coming up here for a while, taking flute lessons from um, the bocce's who used to... The, uh, one of them used to be a professor in the um, music department up here. So SIU is not unfamiliar to me. Yeah, that's up. right. Great. So I hear flute, bassoon. What else? Well, th- those are, when I was playing a lot, those were the instruments that I could claim some proficiency at. Of course, now all of that is uh, does not exist any longer, but... The fun thing about Mike is that he let you play around on different things, you know, depending on the um, depending on the group. And I know one year I think he let me play um, trumpet, and then one year he let me play some other brass instrument. I mean, it <laughs> it was ridiculous how I hopped all over the place in in marching band, but he he encouraged that. Yeah. Learning, always encouraging that yeah, that learning yeah, and yeah. very positive. And so, I also heard sounds like you're not playing now. I actually um, participate through um, Harper Community College yeah. up there in Palatine um, to uh, musical ensembles through their continuing studies program. I uh, for a couple of years. Um, playing with them and my tendency to hop around. I bought a uh, very inexpensive guitar and started playing that in one group, not very well at all. So no one should be impressed if they're hearing this. (laughs) (laughs) No one. I'm impressed. I'm impressed as someone who doesn't play anything but the radio. And, and so I, so the person who leads that is kind enough to let me strum chords very poorly in this uh, folk uh, group, and then there's a um, world music ensemble that I try to participate in as well and playing instruments that I'm a little bit more familiar with, flute and bassoon. So, it's so you know, you got to try to keep things going. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, because I, you know, I somewhat wonder about, you know, that the impact of the music and playing an instrument, even if you don't continue it. But it sounds like you're still doing it. I'm That's trying. Great. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> that is wonderful. Is there uh, any particular event that stands out in your memory as during your time down here at SIU that really made an Im- made an impact? I would definitely say all of the. So we'll we'll make it a collective, thing, yeah, right? Yeah. So I would say all of the um, opportunities to play. For audience as part of the wind ensemble, yeah, part of symphonic band, definitely, you know, during the sports events, um, as a marching Saluki, and I know during the time when we were, when I was there, and I'm suspect it continued afterwards. We would, we played for Cardinal games in St. Louis, and played. Um, I think one year we played for the Chicago. Bears. I remember being in Chicago. I hope I'm remembering that correctly. You know, I'm old now. This was a long time ago. <laughs> so I hope I'm not having someone else's memory. <laughs> and I heard a lot about a band yeah, trip yeah, to right. Chicago. Who knows? <laughs> if it's if you feel it, it's true. <laughs> you know, but um, so I think that 
all of those things were very impactful because so many of those people that I met during those experiences are friends that I still have today. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. You're still in contact. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, not everyone. Because, right. you know, life, you get married and kids and you move away and all of that. Yeah. But yeah. There, yeah. there are a handful that I still cling to. That's great. That's great. <laughs> what? Who are they? Oh, my gosh. So Name a couple. You know, oh, a couple. sure. So at about 730 at the Student Center today, I'll be seeing... One of my dearest, dearest friends, uh, Wendy Ball. Yeah. You know, um, I'll be seeing her today, and it's always nice to connect with her. And um, I would say another good friend who just has one of the loveliest families I've ever seen, um, and he still lives down here, uh, John Daly. Uh -huh. um, he's just a just another good guy yeah, right so yeah. these were people that i got to know during my during my time down here brian overall he's someone else i don't get to see him that much anymore other than on facebook but he's just you <laughs> know facebook is the, the way facebook to do is it. the thing yeah. you know but um so yeah oh great great um was there any advice that you got here that really stuck with you So I think I had a history professor once. I'm going to get his name wrong, and I'm going to hate that because I saw him a couple of years ago walking into the uh, Carbondale Public Library, um, which is led by just another wonderful individual Diane uh, Brawley-Sussman, and um, yeah. I had a chance to work with her on some things while I was still at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Another Carbondale, Southern Illinois treasure. Yeah. And um, Browning Carrot, I think was his name. Oh, yeah. 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 And, I remember him. Okay. And I was just not doing well in his class for a whole host of reasons. You know, and none of them other than the fact that I was young and didn't know how to focus and was right. having too much fun. Yeah. And there it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to own it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I went in his office and I was like, oh, Dr. Carrot, can I do some extra credit? What can I do? And he just looked at me and he said, I see you come into class but I don't see you focus. He said, so what I'm going to say to you is learn to focus. He said, and carry that through. Learn to focus. If you show people that you can focus, then you show people that you can learn. And then if you show people that you can learn, you show them that you have potential. And if you show people that you have potential, then they know you can grow. And I was way too young to understand any of that you know and i could be getting little pieces of it wrong but that was that oh, was yeah. the essence of it and now i'm like yes right exactly I i'm totally listening to that, that and i'm thinking wow i wish i would have that <laughs> advice <laughs> but i probably wouldn't have known I what to do with it at have. the time right? not when you're like yeah. 19 yeah. and having fun running wild, running wild. <laughs> <laughs> i've been there done that so what is your fondest memory of siuc so as much as i probably 
didn't study when I was hanging out in the library. I love the library. Loved Morris Library then, love libraries now. And I really, and remember, this was during the time when there were card catalogs and, (laughs) you know, and I would come in here and, of course, you know, I do a little bit of studying, but in terms, so I'm going to break this down. So the solitary experience would really be just hanging out in the library, looking at the books on the shelves. I loved going to the music part of the library and literally oh, just yeah. pulling scores off and, and read and just looking through them. Um, clearly, I had not yet internalized Dr. Carrot's focus. <laughs> right. Thing, oh, yeah, you, that's, I mean, it's hard in a library because there's in, so much and you go, right. whoa, that looks good. You come in here to focus and study, but it's like, oh, wait, I'm going to listen to it because you could still listen to records. Oh, yeah, right, right. They, mm-hmm. they had that part. I think I'm just going to find the record to this score and I'm going to yeah. listen to that because we, we might be playing that in band. Who knows? So in terms of like, if there were things I'd like to do alone, I'd love to, to do that. And then, you know, in terms of the collective experience, uh, in terms of being in spaces and places with people, definitely all of the things associated with being in, in um, the musical groups that, that I was in, to, to rehearsing, to the house parties after a performance, you know, um, I mean, because all of those things combined, I think for anybody who has that higher ed experience, all of those things are developing you as a person and you get to make mistakes and kind of fix them. It's, I hate it for kids now because now your mistake can be online and a thousand People can see it and it sticks with you and and comments and people can comment on it. So I think that all of us prior to this very crazy social media age, we're very lucky to be able to to develop and learn and grow in in a private way. Yeah. And I don't I'm glad that my time here at SIU (laughs) is not recorded anywhere. (laughs) You know, it's funny, though. I, I mean, my daughter is in her second year of college and my son just graduated in May and got his first real job. Yeah. You know, but I can remember saying to them and don't let people take pictures of you. And I mean, it's just, it's a different thing now when you're sending your kids out into the world. Yeah. Different thing. Absolutely. Different thing. You know, well, I love the library story. Of course. (laughs) I love the library. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to say librarians, because I really think librarians are like the quiet radicals in society, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but. uh, Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we protect the freedom of information. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So important now. Okay, so you've been all over the world. I know you as the development officer for the School of the Art Institute in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Very impressed with that. Oh, lordy. And then now you are the 
vice president for development at uh, St. Anthony Hospital up in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So how did a woman from TAMS, <laughs> who was a history education major, <laughs> get into the world of uh, fundraising for great institutions, I might add? You know, when I, people were very kind to me when I first moved to Chicago. Um, I think it was very clear that I was from a, you know, a very small town. <laughs> what did they say? Oh, this poor thing. She's going to get eaten <laughs> up out there. Oh, I think there was some of that. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend like it wasn't. I am more than certain there was some of that going on, you know. So I think that there was that. And, you know, I am a, I like to think I'm a quick study and a hard worker. And so I taught in public schools up there for a little bit and for a whole host of reasons um made a change and and then after that just so fortunate to be able to have worked um for the city of chicago and you know the macarthur foundation and and wow. those were really informative experiences for me um had a tremendous mentor um a gentleman by the name of Bill Lowry, who used to be a uh, vice president at um, Inland Steel, and I got to know him early in my career um, at the MacArthur Foundation when he was a uh, vice president there, and I was a young research associate that probably didn't know half as much as I thought I did, and right. you know, and he just he's just he just had this lovely way of an, imparting information to help you grow and, and learn, and I was really able to hold on to that throughout so many of my um, jobs, and um, came to the. Um, was fortunate enough to also be at the Chicago uh, Botanic Garden for a time, and um, ending up at the school was really just, it was a real gift and an opportunity. I had, um, <clears throat> I was still at, I was working for Chicago's Environmental Fund, which was uh, connected to the Chicago Department of Environment, and when um, then Mayor Rahm Emanuel uh, became mayor after Daly, he made a decision to do some different things with environment. So he um, decided to shutter the Chicago Department of Environment. And um, I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. What am I going to do next? Yeah. Good grief. And I was so fortunate to uh, also be working with uh, this brilliant, brilliant, brilliant faculty member from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Her name is Frances Whitehead, and she was the embedded artist uh, for uh, SAIC at the time. She was embedded in the city working on projects and a number of significant projects. And so I was talking to her, and she said, you know... Our school, we just brought on this new president, this really awesome guy. His name is Walter Massey, and I'm really excited about him. I think he's going to take the school in some great directions. And this woman, her name is Cheryl Gizone. She's vice president of the Advancement Office. I know she's building the team, and 
there's a job I think it would be great for you and it's a new job and no one's ever had it before and we're having this conversation in a closet I think at, <laughs> because you know you don't want anyone else oh, hearing yeah, you talk about right, it really you know, yeah wow at the department Sub-Rosa. of environment so um <clears throat> and so uh she was like and Walter, he's this really big deal guy, and I can't remember if, you know, Googling things was as prominent as, as it is now. And so I was like, okay, well, I don't know who this Walter guy is, but okay. And I don't know who this Cheryl woman is, but okay, it sounds great. Yeah. So I, you know, you, you find that time to try and work on your cover letters at your desk at work. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I did that and yeah. sent it in and was lucky enough to, to get a call and uh, interviewed with uh, Cheryl Gizone and um, Walter and um, the woman who's currently pr- uh, president now, who was then provost, uh, Alyssa Tinney, another just wonderful human being at SAIC. And Cheryl was very interesting, funny. She looked at my cover letter and pointed at it because there was a mistake in it. Oh, no. And I just was like, okay, Cheryl, here's your moment. And I said, you know, that's just what happens when you're writing your cover letter at your desk. (laughs) You admitted it. I admitted admitted it. it. I said, and, but I usually don't do that, so I'm really sorry. And I remember walking out of there thinking, wow, I really like this Cheryl lady. (laughs) I this is a great job because I can build it and build a team and and do some things and so at that point I was in it to win it and then I sent her a strategic plan I wrote and I said I just want you to see what I'm able to do then I Uh sent her a writing sample then I sent her a acknowledgement award letter of a six-figure grant that I had gotten because when I focus I that's what I was gonna say you focus I have internalized Dr. Carrots you know and it was I literally was on my own little personal lobbying campaign and I had also um, was interviewing it I hadn't heard from the school and I was like well okay you know they pick someone else. It's fine. I get it. Whatever. Those are horrible times, aren't they? When you, you're, ah. you know, it's like after a date, they didn't call. Right. <laughs> he didn't text me back. That's right. <laughs> I thought I was cute and yeah, dinner. Right. You know, <laughs> those jokes I told were so charming. Right. <laughs> uh, maybe they weren't laughing on the inside. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And of course, you're always interviewing at multiple places, right? And yeah. so, I had also um, interview was interviewing at uh, Rush University, another wonderful yeah. institution. And I cannot f- uh, remember the uh, name of the wonderful woman there who I interviewed with, but um, that was also a great opportunity as well. And so. Um, they made me an offer. And so I was like, you know what? Rush is awesome. They're a great institution too. They're doing great work. You know, I can, I can step in here and learn some things ready to, excuse me for the next challenge. And so I sent the school, um, an email saying, well, thank you so much. You know, you know, I tried not, I wanted to yeah. make sure I didn't sound like pity poor me. Yeah, right, so like, <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, but I accepted another job and good luck in your search and all of that. So sent it to the uh, 
talent acquisition person that I was working with at the time, a, a lovely woman by the name of Shelly Booker, and immediately got a call back, yeah. you know, yeah. not too soon thereafter. And Shelly was like, Cheryl, we are so sorry. We were, you know, she just found this lovely way to say we were getting ducks in a row and we would love to make you an offer. And, and I was like, oh, man, I already accepted another offer. What's the protocol here? Yeah, right. Because right. I don't, you know, never had that yeah, before. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Ooh. And so, you know, I said, well, I've kind of already accepted this other offer. And um, then we uh, talked to a couple people and they said, here's how you rescind. You got to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, and thoughtful. And the woman at Rush was just so lovely and understanding. And that's kind of like the story of how I got at the school. And it was an amazing 10 years and some change. You know, Cheryl Gizone was just such a supportive and wonderful boss for me. And I got to work with tremendous leaders in Walter and in Alyssa, you know, and got to connect with wonderful faculty in like their architecture department and, you know, the fashion, just throughout the institution. Yeah, yeah, and right. people who were infinitely smarter than I was, <laughs> you know. And it was just a treat to sit in meetings with them and soak up that information. And then the opportunity to create programs that allowed me to reach back into Southern that's Illinois. Right. Yes, that's how we met. That's right. Because um, SAIC, you know, it's definitely an institution that's like, you know, we are, we're willing to dip our toe in the water, yeah. try some that's new great. things, because yeah. that's what art is all about. And we were able to develop that partnership and yeah. get some work on trying to get an exchange of students. So... It was great, but ready to do something new after 10 years, like so many people in the during the pandemic, and <clears throat> sent in um, my information for a job I never thought I would get, which is the job I have yeah, now, Yeah. because I was like, well, I know I know how to raise money, and you know, I, I know I can do these things, but I've never been in a healthcare setting, and you know, they're going to want someone yeah, right. who has that experience yeah, and yeah. um i was also inspired to throw my hat in the ring for saint anthony because they're working on this great community development project called focal point and i'm like well you know what's to lose sent it in you know god bless the search firm they called me a oh, couple yeah, days later yeah, those are nice to work with them yeah and um made it through a series of interviews, you know, it, yeah. it, you know, search firms, they invest, they dig in there. And so yeah, right, went through right. a, a lot of interviews and in that process and then was able to have my first chat with the, uh, St. Anthony's president, a gentleman by the name of Guy Medaglia. And, um, I left that, it was virtual, of course, the yeah, first one, yeah. and I left that interview thinking, wow, I could work for him. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. He's cool. Yeah. I could work for him. He's he's in it to win it. This this guy has, has vision. He's a, he's a rally the troops guy, you know, and so um, 
was really excited um, when I got the call back and they were like, okay, we'd like to move you forward. And then, you know, for these types of jobs, you meet with everybody. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the team is great and the institution has got some big ambitions that I know they're going to they're gonna meet. And I'm glad to be able to do what I can yeah, to, yeah. to help them meet it. So yeah. it, it's been a journey of just me figuring out how to take risks and sometimes even if you don't think you're the person for it sometimes you really are yeah and you yeah. just have to throw your hat in there and go okay here you go hey universe yeah <laughs> cheryl thank you so much for joining us and sharing your saluki story it was great to hear your kind words about morris library and the mentors you found here at siuc we hope that all of you join us next week for more Saluki stories. This has been John Pollitz, Dean of Library Affairs at Southern Illinois University Carbondale and your host for Saluki stories. Our production would not have been made possible without contributions from radio, television, and digital media assistant professor of practice, Jennifer Pape, student editor-producer, Casey Avis-Rouse, and our music production team, Austin Davis and Dakota Holden. Go dogs! <laughs>